0: Help us hear the message you want us to hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what Jesus is teaching in John chapter 7. The Feast of the Tabernacles was coming up for the Jewish people. This is when they made temporary shelters and lived in them for a week to remind themselves about the time when God provided for them in the wilderness for 40 years. Jesus' brothers urged him to go to Judea and do his miracles in front of lots of people. They thought he was hiding and encouraged him to go to Judea where the Israelites were waiting for the Messiah. His brothers didn't actually think he was the Messiah, but they acted like normal brothers baiting one another. In verse 4, we see they said, if you must do these things, if you must act like this, show yourself openly and make yourself known to the world. Jesus responded with his usual kind nature. Well, imagine growing up with the Messiah. I don't actually think we can really imagine it. We may support our brothers and sisters, but it would be pretty difficult to think they were the one who was sent to save the world. After Jesus died and was resurrected, his brothers did believe and even wrote some of the books in the New Testament. But for now, they were just being brothers. When the feast was about half over, Jesus joined the people in the temple and began preaching. There was massive confusion. Some believed in him, some did not and those who did believe in him had to keep quiet because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. In verse 49, the Pharisees called the believers contemptible and doomed. They counted them as ignorant with a lack of education concerning the law. However, Jesus promised the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who did believe. There was quite a controversy happening at this feast. Even some of the Jewish leaders seemed to want to believe, But they were ostracized by other leaders because the scriptures never indicated that a prophet ever came out of Galilee. Well, God hid understanding from the educated and gave a heart of belief to the poor and uneducated. Let's see what Paul is teaching in Ephesians chapter 3. Paul has great news to offer the Gentiles, which is also for us. Verse 6 says, The Gentiles are now to be fellow heirs with the Jews, members of the same body and joint partakers, sharing in the same divine promise in Christ through their acceptance of the glad tidings, the gospel. Some of the benefits for believers are strength from the Holy Spirit and Christ dwelling in our hearts. Paul wrote, May you be rooted, deep in love, and founded securely on love. Jesus came in love, treated the poor, sick, and destitute with love, and died because of his love for us. Paul followed that with, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Take a few moments and soak in all the love that is promised to us. Paul ends his letter with a promise that God can do way more than we think to even ask him to do for us. May we be grateful for the power of God working in us and in everything around us, and may we trust him to do far more than we can imagine. Let's see what Isaiah can teach us in chapters 15 and 16. Isaiah warns of the impending doom of the Moabites. He is sad about this because the Jewish people had long past connections with the Moab people. This group was founded when Lot's daughters got him drunk and slept with him to bear children so their names and heritage would continue to survive. If you remember, Lot was Abraham's nephew. Both the Ammonites and Moabites came from Lot and his two daughters, and both had become enemies of the Israelites. However, even King David was one-quarter Moabite. His grandmother was Ruth, who followed Naomi back to her land and eventually married Boaz. So there are connections going way back that made Isaiah sad about their fate. They were a proud people, and we all know how pride is regarded by the Lord. Within three years, Isaiah said they'd be brought down by the Lord. Isaiah writes about all the people in Moab who will mourn over their losses, the water drying up and the land not producing anything. He encourages them to start giving lambs to the ruler of Judah as they once had done. Still, they will suffer, and Isaiah is overwhelmed with sadness about it. Let's see what we can learn from Psalm 72. This psalm was written by Solomon when he was a new king. In 1 Kings chapter 3, the Lord asked him what he wanted, and Solomon requested knowledge and understanding to judge the people. He wanted to judge with righteousness and justice. Although I have read this many times, his request landed differently for me today He wanted to defend the poor, deliver the needy, and crush the oppressor. He wanted to glorify God, as he wrote, so that they may revere and fear you. He wanted to bring refreshment to those who needed it. And then in verse 7, he starts writing about Christ and all that Christ will do. He brings deliverance to the needy and the poor. He has pity on the weak. He redeems them from all oppression. There will be abundance all around. He will reign and bless the people, and the people will bless his name. Oh, what a time this will be. It is interesting how Solomon asks for the ability to do similarly as our Savior will eventually do for us all. That is wisdom. And may we aspire to do the same. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for teaching us more about you and your ways. Help us draw closer to you and follow you more closely. Help us be obedient to you and help us desire what you desire. In Jesus' name, amen